I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Podcast Network Asia. Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. On the show, I want to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And I promised you last week that we're going to get into why my radio comeback was so short-lived. But before I get to that part of my story, I just want to take you all the way back to where my radio story began. And that story starts with a guy named Chris, my mentor, my former radio partner, who signed off for the very last time on Mellow 94.7 this past week. And it was quite a gut punch to hear that he had to leave Mellow, that he knew he was about to leave Mellow. And, you know, without going into details, the fact of the matter is that COVID really did a number on the radio industry locally. And the stations who are still feeling that hit economically are the English-speaking FM stations, Mellow being one of them the station that I called home for basically the first half of my career. And to see one of my mentors, one of my closest friends in the industry also have to take that hit and Chris really hurt. And I just wanted to show him some love here on the podcast because I probably wouldn't be where I am in the industry today had I not been molded and trained by someone like Chris who was very particular about the professionalism of it all, the punctuality, making sure you really got your basics right, making sure you really knew your music, that you had at least an ear for what sounded good next to this song or that song, knowing your trivia about artists and about music, knowing how to say and pronounce names correctly, whether that's a brand name of a sponsor or the name of an artist like Sarah Bareilles. We joke about it all the time because it grinds our gears whenever people mispronounce names. But the fact of the matter is, it's really part of what makes you a professional behind the mic, just getting your shit right. So that part of me has always been in me. But I think Chris was the one who was able to help me harness that and just make the most out of it throughout my career. So I just want to show him some love. Thank you, Chris, a.k.a. Johan. That's his real name. My brother in the industry, my mentor, my partner, my friend. Happy trails, man, because like I said, Being on the other side hopefully isn't as intimidating as you think, as I've had to learn several times over the last decade at this point. All right, let's get down to business. And well, not defeat the Huns because there are no Huns to go after. But I'm going to tell you about why the radio comeback didn't last as long as I would have wanted. 
And what I'm about to narrate is basically my personal experience, all right? So I'm not going to try to speak for anybody. I'm not going to put words in other people's mouths. I'm just going to relay to you what happened to me. Let's take it from December of last year where I did mention that I had to mount this Christmas promo. So this is a promo, a giveaway that PlayFM had been doing for years and years even before I came on board. And it's called 12 Plays of Christmas. And the concept is each day, the DJ gives away prizes from a different brand. So 12 different days, 12 different sets of prizes. And heading into the Christmas season, I expected the 12th place of Christmas to be challenging to mount because you would have to look for at least 12 different sponsors. But I thought it wouldn't be that daunting if I had a partner who would be approaching brands alongside me, as well as our station manager who had connections of his own. Unfortunately for me, the timing didn't work out because I'm not sure if I said this last week on the podcast, but our station manager at the time, CJ, was understandably busy with his own upcoming wedding, which happened last December. And then Jazz had to go on hiatus for personal reasons. So, sino natira? Edi ako. I was gonna have to do this all by myself. So by this point, it looked like it was gonna be an uphill battle because I had two or three weeks to look for 12 brands to commit to a giveaway, which was gonna happen through the first half of December. It didn't help that the way the station worked was you couldn't just approach clients directly. You had to make sure that they weren't on what I'm going to call the dibs list. So it's not really the name. Let's just call it that for the sake of the podcast. In a nutshell, the radio station's parent company has a marketing arm and their job is to sell the station's airtime to different clients. And if this marketing arm, this marketing company already dealt with a client, they basically had dibs on that client. Even if they didn't have a current agreement or a sponsorship with that client, they still had dibs. And it was basically a list. Nah, Lalapit ako dun sa station manager to ask, okay, can I approach this client? And if they said yes, go ahead, fair game yon. But if they said no, that meant that they were on what I call the dibs list. Was it annoying? Yes. Was it difficult to work around? Yes. Did I have a choice? Hell no. <laughs> and given that I had a limited network because I was going to be doing this all by myself, I was like, eh, now what? To be fair to myself, it's not like I had zero connections. I had several connections in my network that I knew I could reach out to. For starters, my fiance, Arian, did me a huge solid because she helped me bounce some ideas around. She was like, all right, who did you use to reach out to for prizes? Which brands did you use to work with back at your different stations? What prizes would be attractive to your listeners? So we bounced around these ideas. And then she even went the extra mile and said, the watch brand that she does marketing for would be down to participate for 12th place. So 11 na lang, yung kulang ko. Because I would have already secured one brand through her. Right around the same time, I started this new segment called One-on-One Wednesday where I would interview public figures that I knew. What CJ wanted for the segment was for it to be kind of like what I was doing here on the podcast. He specifically said, whatever it is that you did on deck, I want you to bring it to the radio. And I had no problems doing this because for starters... I was having kind of a hard time mining content for the podcast. So I figured if I could keep this segment going, then I could just take the audio and put it in podcast form. And that would have been on deck season five. I also had no problems with this because I thought it was an okay band-aid solution to the problem of not having a partner. At least I knew that every Wednesday, I would go to the station physically. I would be hanging out with a friend. We'd have an in-person interview. And because these were guest hosts and not regular DJs who were going to be full-time hosts, 
we didn't have to pay them, which is going to come into play later on, along with this next bit, why the segment only lasted three weeks. I was kind of lucky enough that through the three weeks that this segment ran, one of my guests was the great DJ Patty Chu, good friend of the show. And she mentioned that she was working PR and marketing for several brands. And when I brought up that I was having a hard time with 12th Place of Christmas, she was like, all right, what do you need? Which brands do you want? She basically whipped out a list of brands that she wanted to reach out to on my behalf. And she said right away that she was sure they would be interested. And at that point, I'd only locked down four or five sponsors. So I was happy to receive any help that I could get. Within a week, Patty Chu had come through and set up group chats and email threads and had me linked up with another six brands. So I was at 11. I just needed one last and I would have completed my set of 12 brands. And I was about to get a 12th on the way because another friend, uh, Dino Imperial, a.k.a. Dizzy Savage, a.k.a. Dino Quilates, former guest of the pod, had committed his day job, which is a toy brand, to come on board as the 12th sponsor. So you know, okay na. 12th place, basically complete in the clutch. Fast forward to Christmas time and the 12th place of Christmas promo actually went on as planned for the most part. 12 different days, 12 different sets of prizes, everybody happy, everybody got their prizes. By Christmas week, the promo had finished and I felt like I was able to breathe more easily and I was like, Damn, that's a lot of work to do on your own. On top of hosting a morning show, which is also a lot of work to do on your own. Remember what I said about how being a radio DJ should be considered a full-time job? Newsflash, it really is. And for anyone who dares challenge this idea, maybe try being a radio DJ who's expected to also be a producer, a writer, a marketer, salesperson, creatives person, and the actual DJ while only getting paid what's considered a part-time salary. And then talk to me again about how having the platform we have is enough compensation in and of itself. All right, I'm going to get off my soapbox and I'm going to get back to my story. Around the time I came into the station, I already knew that it was going through some financial issues. But by December slash January, I was beginning to feel that the financial issues were becoming a little too heavy to bear. To the point that I began to ask myself if it was still worth going through the trouble of doing my own radio show. Like, was it still fun? Was it still worth waking up before 7 a.m. and trying to figure out how to entertain people on the air and coming up with new content every day of the week, given all these issues weighing in the background? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. As the new year kicked in, the financial issues reached my personal limit. And I'm going to spare you the details, mostly because I don't want to get my ass sued. But let's just say that they didn't sit well with me anymore. 
and that it was pretty difficult for me to stomach on a professional and personal level. I'm going to leave it at that. As if things could not get any worse, by mid-January, our internet at the station had been disconnected. And here's why that's important. When I joined PlayFM, I entered an arrangement where we could be working from home for most of the week, like say three, four times a week, and then you'd have to come into the station at least once a week, just so you know you can actually feel the station once again, push the buttons, play the music live, and all that good stuff. But in the interest of keeping ourselves safe from COVID, we were able to work from home. Of course, it helped then. Uh, being able to work from home meant that I could just chill here in my own home studio. I wouldn't have to go out. I wouldn't have to spend on gas. I could sleep an extra hour. So pabor naman talaga sa akin yung situation. It's just that when the internet at the station had been disconnected, I couldn't log in remotely anymore. That meant if you wanted to do your radio show, you would have to physically report to work. So that's why this was a big deal. Because by the time that the internet had been disconnected, I couldn't do the radio show from home. I had to go to work physically, spend money on fuel and parking tickets, and wake up an extra hour given all of these issues looming in the background. When that happened, I had to sit down, take a deep breath, have a good think. And at the end of it all, I told myself that it's time to call it a day. I met up with my fellow DJs at Play FM and CJ as well. We had dinner, we had drinks. It was a great time. You know, we were talking about how it was really unfortunate that we were going through all these things that I entered play at this time when all of this was happening. and. The next morning, I was like, yeah, I'm good. It's time to write that resignation letter. So I did. I had a nice little chat with CJ and I decided to physically go to work through the last week and a half of January just so I could feel what it's like to be at the station pushing all the buttons and the faders and doing a live radio show one last time on my own terms. So it was like the farewell I never got to have at Wave. And I kept it low-key. I didn't really tell anybody outside my personal circles. Didn't really have a lot of emotions. No listeners there. No big farewells. No parties. Nobody sending food in. I just went in, did my show one last time, said goodbye to Kuya Pabs, the tech guy. Then I just walked out the door. And I kind of hate how unemotional I'd become about it. And maybe that's what happens when you're just jaded or when this has already happened to you before. Or when you were already warned that something like this could happen, but you went and did it anyway because you just love radio and you wanted to go out on your own terms. And well, I guess I got that, didn't I? When I look back at some of my friends in the radio industry who actually got this huge goodbye, like my friend Chris, my friend Alex, and all the others who really went through the motions of saying goodbye to everybody, uh, even having listeners show up and show them love or uh, give them food and all that good stuff. I kind of wish I did have that, but walking away from radio again is really a painful experience, especially for the lifers out there. And at this point, I'm not even sure I can call myself a lifer, but for those who've been at a radio station for years and years and years, I can tell na sobrang sakit talaga to be told that you can't do this anymore, you know, whether you like it or not. Walking away from radio just hurts so much that I wouldn't want to pretend to be happy around my friends just to have them around. So I guess I took comfort in the fact that I could just sulk by myself and be in my feelings and not bother anybody. Plus, it was the morning show. But why would I be such a downer on the air 
for everybody. I just wanted to have that one last talk segment where I could tell my listeners, thank you for the support, for sticking with me, despite me being the new guy, despite all the changes on the morning show. Then I played my last song and I walked out of there. Strangely, I've actually found a bit of comfort in being the support system for my friends whose radio careers have also recently come to an end. Like being that guy that they would be around for drinks or for food after the fact. Making jokes like, Oi, uh, play this stupid song on the air or play this really lewd song. What's the worst that could happen? What are they going to do? Are they going to fire you? It's your last fucking day. You might as well just say whatever the fuck you want, diba? I was that devil on their shoulder and I kind of liked it, you know? I guess being that support system for them gave me a bit of comfort in my own way. But, you know, for myself, processing my own emotions, well, uh, I guess that's what therapy's for. As I end this podcast, I just want to say thank you to everybody I got to work with at Play FM. I didn't record this podcast to like take a shit on the station or to throw anyone specifically under the bus. Like I said, it's just me telling you my story, telling you everything I went through. And when I think about the five months I spent on Play officially, it was actually great working with a young team who knew what they were doing, who felt empowered by management to be the ones to actually craft the image of the station. My guy, Anton, is in charge of the production materials that you hear. Sobrang sipag niya to actually make different imaging materials that you'll hear something different for the summer or for uh, Christmas time, for Halloween. It's just not something I experienced at the other stations I got to work at. And that's no shade on them. It's just really the way it was at play. Na. Anton was really diligent with updating the materials or... People like Billy, who on top of being a DJ, was also the guy writing the really witty scripts that would turn into the imaging materials we'd hear on the air. My guy Renzo, one of my closest friends in the industry, at least for a few months, I can say that we were part of the same station. Even though he was no longer active, he was still the station voice. The guy whose voice you'd hear on all the imaging materials. People like Rami, who really knew his music and who was really on top of whatever was hot on TikTok or on Billboard, and would just always be loading all these new songs that for me, as someone who wants to keep his music library both on Spotify and in my brain updated, like, he was in charge of all of that. And all the other jocks I got to hang out and interact with, from Jello to Jazz, Marco, all of them really made me feel at home. Like, it felt that if it were a different time, if the circumstances could have been different, I feel like being at play really would have been the experience I would have wanted it to be. and. Hanging out with all these people, whether it was on Telegram or in the one or two events that we all attended together, I really did feel that this was a team that genuinely liked each other. And uh, to have been part of it for a very quick moment in time, uh, I, I was pretty fortunate for that. Special thanks to Kath as well, the social media manager of Play FM, who does a hell of a job on the graphics, really made my life so much easier every time I had to promote something, whether it was for 12 plays of Christmas or for any of the other segments I did on the air. And Kuya Pabs, the longtime veteran technician of Play FM, who's been there for 26 years, and who's still the guy that's keeping the ship afloat. Like, he's literally the only reason why you still hear music on that frequency today. That guy is an unsung hero, an MVP, and he deserves his flowers as well. And of course, I did mention CJ, the guy who brought me back out of retirement, the guy who basically talked me into coming back. 
and gave me this opportunity. I'm still very thankful that we got to work together because he's somebody that I looked up to in the business and listened to from afar and to finally got to work with him despite it just being a few short months was still something that I wanted to check off my bucket list and I'm glad that I can finally do that. I'm going to close with a conversation CJ and I had back when he guested here on the podcast. At the time, Sabinya, he would know that it's time to hang it up and to call it a day if this shit wasn't fun anymore. That was strangely one of the questions that CJ asked me when I was trying out. He was like, did you have fun? Oh, did you have fun? But I kind of knew the subtext. Like, did you have fun? Did you enjoy it? Did you feel the love for radio coming back? And I'm not going to lie, I did. But when the issues just started getting too heavy to bear, when I couldn't just forget it anymore for the three hours that I was doing the radio show, I had to be honest with myself and say that it just stopped being fun. And I guess that's ultimately why I knew I had to leave. I didn't want to be unfair to my listeners, to the station, and to myself by just giving half-assed performances every day, by just going through the motions and just taking for granted the feeling of being an active radio DJ or an active radio presenter. I didn't want to be that guy na mahahalata mo na wala na lang pake. Somebody who just be coming in, doing the show, going out, and then iikot na lang ulit yung hamster wheel the very next day. I didn't want to be that guy. And that's why it really was the best move for my brain, for myself, you know, to just get out. I wish there was a happier ending to the story. I really do. But there isn't for now. I will tell you that it's not all bad. Like I've still got my voiceover work, my TV imaging work, the WWE stuff. It's still going strong. So it's not like I'm going to have a hard time uh, fending for myself or whatever. But of course, it does suck to not be on the radio again. But you know, them's the breaks. What are you going to do, right? So next week, episode three, I've still got some stories and I've got some thoughts that I want to get out there about being a radio DJ in 2023. Like, is it still reasonable? Is it still something that you could actually do as a job? Or is it something you should even bother aspiring to be in the year of our Lord, 2023? I'm going to use the next week to think about that, to reflect and all that good stuff. And maybe you should too. In the meantime, I'm going to get out of here. Big thanks to my producer, Joshua Peñalosa, for the legwork behind the scenes, as well as all of the other producers over at Podcast Network Asia for their work behind the scenes. And thank you to every listener, subscriber, streamer, everybody who's been following this podcast, following my story. And sending in reactions and questions every time a new episode comes out. I really appreciate you. And I'd love to keep the conversation going. Hit me up at underscore Stan C on Twitter and on Instagram. And I'll catch you next week for another episode of On Deck with Stan C. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and don't be a dick. Stan C out. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Hold up. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.